So happy to be together this morning. Uh, we are, uh, last week and this week, we were talking about prayer. Um, the focus today is my practice in prayer. Last week, we talked about getting a better grip on prayer in our life and uh, how you think about prayer, what you believe about prayer, impacts how you practice prayer. Um, we, we saw uh, sort of thing that we kind of wired for prayer and ask God to help us, that God loves for us to talk to him, to be in conversation with God. So prayer is not just some kind of ceremony or ritual. It's about relationship. Uh, we talked about prayer that's heard from God, uh, heard by God, sincere, um, a desire to be genuine with him. God likes to answer prayer and he uses prayer to bring us closer to him. So today, we are considering the practice of prayer. The practice of prayer. I mean, anything you want to get better at, you have to practice, right? So if you're taking lessons on something, you got to practice. Uh, if you're going to play in an instrument or singing or playing a sport or learning some new skill or cooking great food or getting in shape or building muscle, you get stronger and better as you practice, right? We don't always think about getting stronger in prayer like that, do we? You know, maybe, maybe you... Uh, lift some weights or run on the treadmill or, or do something physical, you know, trying to, to build up health and strength in you. But sometimes we don't think about advancing in the power of prayer uh, in our life, um, that it becomes a goal, a desire. One of the desires uh, that I've had in my life is to, to grow stronger. I grew up with uh, quite a few people that I would say were prayer warriors, um, I thought it'd be, it'd be great, Lord, if you teach me how to do that. Uh, so, you know, you do a lot of things. Talk to those people, uh, those people praying for us, and then learning through the Scripture and through the Spirit of God in us, helping us to uh, practice in prayer. So what are you willing to let God help you with in relationship uh, to prayer? And when you look at the Apostle Paul, who wrote a, a good bit of the New Testament, it's obvious that he prayed all the time in every book that Paul wrote. He starts with a prayer uh, throughout the New Testament. He says, I'm always praying. I'm continually praying for you. I'm constantly praying. I'm praying without ceasing. I never stop praying for you. He was always, always uh, praying. So how do you do that? How do you, how do you pray without ceasing? How do you continually pray without stopping? Uh, there's a verse I, I printed for you there. It's on our outline um, from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Uh, let's say this together. Ready? Pray in the Spirit at all times with all kinds of prayers, asking for everything you need. To do this, you must always be ready and never give up and always pray for all God's people. You notice some different phrases in there. Pray in the Spirit, pray at all times, pray all different kinds of prayers. Um, let's talk. Just break that down just a little bit. Uh, really seven different instructions in that one little verse there. Uh, first he says, I want you to pray in the Spirit. Uh, he's praying in the Spirit. What does that mean? It just means that you let God lead you. You listen to the impressions that he puts on your heart. Um, you know, if, if all of a sudden... You know, you have this thought about somebody uh, or God puts something in your mind. You know, you take that from God. You know, if God puts something on your thoughts, stop and pray about it. 
Uh, you get an idea, uh, pray about it. You know, when the Holy Spirit puts an idea in your mind, stop and pray. Don't say, well, I'll pray about that later. Or I'll try to remember to do that later because you know your memory won't remind you. You know, you'll forget it. Uh, it's always good to listen to what the Spirit of God is saying in you. And if you're a believer, if you've accepted Christ, the Holy Spirit is living in you. And he's not quiet. You might try to keep him quiet, but he's not quiet. He's talking. He's giving impressions. You know, most of the good ideas, you with me now? Most of the good ideas that you have are God's, not yours. I know you think you're pretty smart, but most of it is what God puts into us. And I didn't come up with that on my own. So we pray in the Spirit. Um, the, it goes on to talk about uh, praying all kinds of prayers and at all times, all time. There's never a bad time to pray. There's never an inappropriate time. Every time, anywhere, you can pray all the time. It's always a good idea to pray, to pray all kinds of prayers. Did you know there's different kinds of prayers? There are many different kinds of prayers. There's not just one way uh, to pray. There are lots of prayers depending on your emotion or your circumstance. Um, you know, if you want a good example of that, really the book in the Bible that was designed to teach you to pray is the book of, anybody know? Psalms. The book of Psalms. There's 150 chapters there. You, if you want to learn, I mean, there are all kinds of prayers in there. There's complaining prayers. There's, you ever use that? Crying out prayers. Comforting prayers, clarifying prayers, courageous prayers, confession prayers, celebratory prayers when you're happy. I mean, the, the, the book of Psalms right in the middle of your Bible, it's a book of prayers and songs. And so there's a prayer for all kinds of emotions, all kinds of needs that you have. You know, if you read the book of Psalms, you know, you could read a psalm a day or you could read uh, several psalms. Just say, Lord, I'm praying this prayer. And it'll begin to give you language about how to pray. Pray in the Spirit, pray at all times, pray all kinds of prayers, asking for everything you need. What does that mean? That means there's nothing off limits. There's nothing that you cannot pray about. If you're interested in it, God is interested in it. That was our, one of our points from last week. If you worry about it, pray about it. If you prayed, let's say, if I prayed as much as I worry, I'd have a lot less to worry about. You can accept that one if you like. See, worry never changes anything, but prayer changes things. When you start to worry, you just stop and say, well, if I'm worrying about it, I might as well pray about it. He says, pray about everything, nothing off limits. You can pray about financial needs, relationship issues, career issues, political issues, sexual issues. Nothing is off limits. Pray all the time in all kinds of different ways, wherever you are, whatever you're interested in, pray about everything. Then notice he says, always be ready. He's saying if you're going to pray all the time, to do that, you have to be ready. That means that you have to have a plan. If you're going to be ready to pray, I mean, spontaneous prayers are great. Spontaneous prayers are good. Prayers like that in the moment, in the need. But it's so much more powerful if we pray with a plan. You need to pray you think strategically, you're planning to pray, you're prepared to pray, and I'm going to give you some ideas about that as we go along. So pray at all times, all kinds of prayers, asking for everything you need. Do this, be ready, and never give up. Never give up. Do that, you have to be ready, you're not going to give up, you're not going to stop praying. Uh, and finally, he says, always pray for all God's people. Um, I don't know who you think that is, but that's pretty much everybody in the world. 
You know, you could say, well, that's the people in church. No, no, no. God, God owns us all. God created all of us. So we pray for everybody uh, that God brings into our life. Praying. Um, there's a, a gentleman that I read sometimes. His name is E.M. Bounds. E.M. Bounds uh, was asked one time and in, uh, in responded through one of his books. Uh, he was asked about... Uh, how, how people, the differences in people's prayers and the powerful people uh, that, that prayed. Why were some people so much more powerful and effective in prayer? Here's his quote. They may start from different points and travel by different roads, but they converge to one point. They are one in prayer. To them, God is the center of attraction, and prayer is the path that leads to God. These men and women... Do not pray occasionally, not a little or at odd times, but they pray in such a way that their prayers enter into and shape their very characters. They pray so as to affect their own lives and the lives of others and to cause the history of the church to influence the current of the times. They spend much time in prayer, not because they watch the shadow of the dial or the hands on the clock, but because it is to them so momentous and engaging a business that they can scarcely quit. That's good. Uh, Ian Bounds, that's good. If you ever come, if you ever look for a book on prayer, he's great. If you're uh, other books, there's a there's a book um, by Bill Hybels, pastor in Chicago, called uh, "Too Busy Not to Pray." It's probably one of the best books I ever read on the practice of prayer. Uh, that's Hybels, uh, "Too Busy Not to Pray." Also, there's a book called uh, uh, written by a guy named Brother Lawrence. And it's called The Practice of the Presence of God. The Practice of the Presence. It's a classic. And it's about the practice of prayer. So you, you know what I'm trying to do today. I'm trying to give you resources and ideas to think about how could I start working out and improving uh, my prayer life? What could I do about that? So uh, let me give you two different ways um, and then some other ideas as we go along here. Uh, developing some habits. Uh, two different habits that will help your prayer life is one is keep a running conversation with God. Keep a running conversation with God. You see, prayer is just talking to God just like you talk to anybody else. Uh, you keep a running conversation with God. Uh, you know, you, you know I've, most of the time, you know, I'll pray in Jesus' name, amen, and we pray. You know, but when I'm praying on my own, I don't stop every five seconds and say, in Je no, I've just got this running conversation. He knows I'm talking about Jesus and his help and the Holy Spirit working in me. You know, so I'm not doing all this formal. I just got this running conversation. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, some of you love to talk, you know, you just, uh, some of you are a little quiet, but you got this running conversation with God going on all the time. If something comes up, you talk to God about it. Then a minute or two goes by and you talk to him about something else. See, prayer is like spiritual breathing, spiritual breathing. You know, you don't think about breathing. You've been breathing while you're in here. You just breathe. If you didn't breathe, you'd die. Prayer is spiritual breathing. Prayer is to your soul what breathing is to your body. And it needs to be so natural that you don't even think about it. It's a natural part, this running conversation with God. Um, you know, maybe you're a person of prayer that has to think about prayer. Um, but actually, he wants prayer to be such a habit for you. Um, you know, where, you know, some people love to talk about, it's kind of a psychology thing like um, self-talk. 
You hear people talk about self-talk, how I'm talking to myself. And, you know, and I'm not against self-talk, but I prefer God talk. You know, I can talk to myself and kind of work myself up and figure myself out or whatever, and that might last for a little while, but God talk is what really makes a difference. This running conversation uh, with God uh, all the time, whatever you're doing, recognizing uh, that, that verse in Ephesians said, pray on every occasion as the Spirit is leading. Uh, now, one thing I notice is that if you don't pray like that, if you don't pray what you're feeling, then you're probably not praying anything. You know, I get these thoughts and they come in, I, you know, these concerns and this problem and that thing, you know, and I'm always praying about that. You know, I see a beautiful piece of scenery or you see something on TV and you see the Grand Canyon or something beautiful, the ocean. And, you know, many times I say, thank you, God, for that. Uh, you know, because it's part of that running conversation. I'm not forgetting God while I'm doing all these things and living my life. I got this continual conversation going on with him. Um, the verse in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, never stop praying. That's pray all the time. So keep a running conversation with God. Number two that will help you is schedule prayer throughout your day. Schedule prayer throughout the day. Now, you can feel the difference in those two, right? You got this running conversation that's a regular part of my prayer, but I'm also thinking about prayer times in, in, in my day. So we're going to talk about that today a little bit, thinking about, um, you know, this is really not a new idea about scheduling prayer. From the beginning, um, people have scheduled their prayer times. You know, the Jews in the Old Testament scheduled prayer times. You remember the book of Daniel. The Bible tells us in Daniel that he kneeled in prayer three times a day, morning, noon, and night, three times a day. Um, but what began to happen was, especially in the time of Jesus, uh, the Roman Empire decided that they wanted to have a little more control of people's life. And so they began to build these bell towers everywhere. And so they would ring bells all during the day. So they'd ring a bell about six o'clock in the morning. Everybody heard the bell? You know what that meant? Get up. It's time to go to work. About nine o'clock in the morning, there'd be, there'd be a bell. Um, about 12 o'clock, they would have a bell and that would be about their lunchtime. And then, you know, Unfortunately, we don't get lunch like that. They had the three-hour lunch. So they had noon, and then they got to eat and take a little nap. And then 3 o'clock, they'd ring a bell again. And then they worked till about 6, and they'd ring a bell, and you go home. It's time to, uh, to end the, the day of work. Well, what, what believers, what the church began to do was to pray in relationship to the bells. That's not what the Romans implied in, in, uh, at first. But they began to... And so the, the Catholic church began something called the Liturgy of the Hours. Uh, the Liturgy of the Hours was, and I'm not implying that we should take that up, I'm just telling you that people for centuries have scheduled prayer uh, into their life. As a matter of fact, when the monks got so tired of somebody having to be out there and ringing a bell at a certain hour every day, they got decided they would devise a mechanism that would help them keep up with it, and they invented something called a clock. Now, I know you think that the clock was designed to keep you on track and keep you busy and to rush you from place to place so you could get there. But actually, the clock was invented to schedule prayer in their day, morning, mid-morning, noon, afternoon, and night. Uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, so uh, David says in Psalm 119, verse 164, he says, seven times a day I praise you. Now, 
he's, he's recognizing, you know, we don't want to get it all complicated. It became really complicated. And, uh, you know, but, but the practice of prayer is it a regular part of my life, uh, spontaneous, running conversation, but also is it a regular part of who I am? So I want to give you a few ideas, uh, ways that you could maybe think about enhancing your prayers. Uh, these are just kind of random, just ideas that I've had and other people have had. Um, one, one way to enhance your prayer is to think about the, the word acts, A-C-T-S. So if you're thinking about what, what should I be praying about, how could I organize my prayers a little better, Acts stands for adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Supplication just means request that I have from God. So that's one way you could break it down. Spend some time giving adoration and praise to God. Uh, confession to God. Things that you need to confess. The opportunity for you to receive forgiveness, thanksgiving, and uh, request uh, that you have. Um, one way to help your prayers is to make Scripture a regular part of your prayers. Let the Word guide your prayers. Even pray the Scriptures, just like I talked about the Psalms. So reading the Scripture, not only just to be reading a chapter or reading an amount uh, each time or each day, but reading and then applying that, praying that Scripture. Uh, you could use uh, prayer markers in your life. What I mean by that is like reminders to pray. Uh, one way that a lot of people pray, you know, I, I kind of like, I like this thing. Um, this thing is good because it, it can have alarms on it. I know people that have alarms at various times during the day that remind them to pray about certain things or needs that they have. So they haven't decided just to uh, try to remember somebody, somebody's having surgery. They got a little reminder in there. It's 11 o'clock on Friday. Oh, yeah. They're there for surgery, and they hear that little beep, and they go, that's, pretty, that's a pretty good idea, isn't it? A way to help enhance your prayer. Um, you know, deciding uh, other kind of markers. I know this one, one guy, he's a pastor, and he, uh, uh, he sits out on his back deck in this chair, and he's got these two or three che chair, um, excuse me, trees, and he's got these different things in the backyard, and he's got this fence, and the fence has nine little posts on it. So everything in his backyard is somebody. Some prayer, you know, so when he looks at that tree, he knows he's praying for aunt so-and-so, and he's praying. All nine of the posts there, he just looks around, and they serve as prayer reminders for him. So he's got like 12 or 15 different prayer ideas there. They sit there, and it reminds him, okay, I'm, in, I'm praying for these different needs. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, give him some, something to remind him. Um, you know, writing things down, uh, writing down a list of prayer. You know, sometimes... Um, Praying where you keep a list. You know, we've given you a lot of different things over the years, ideas about putting a pad somewhere or writing down things that you're praying about and even writing down when that prayer uh, was answered. Um, making extended times of prayer, praying, uh, praying on purpose. Um, uh, you ever heard about the, I think they call this the five-finger prayer. I think we, we might have a picture of that. Uh, where you just use your hand and uh, you, the the thumb is closest to you, so that's family and friends, and then you got the uh, pointer finger there, and that's like leaders and teachers and the church, uh, pray for the government and authority, uh, the weakest finger, they say maybe the, this ring finger, so the weak or the sick, and then the littlest ones when I pray for myself. Uh, so that gives you an idea. Again, just ideas about how you can learn to pray uh, more effectively. Uh, you got to be good at Scheduled times of prayer, but you also got to be great at short prayers. 
Um, you know, short prayers for me are like arrows. Just, been, you know, when I'm driving down the road and I see somebody driving crazy, zip, you know, I just, you know some, of you, some of you have other things to say and do, but, um, but I shoot them an arrow prayer, and then I say aloha. And that's, that's <laughs> she's not in here to tell you, but I, I do that. They say, you are so crazy. Um, no, you're walking down the street, or you're driving along and you see an accident. What do you do? Man, you, you shoot some prayers over in, in that situation, or somebody's treating somebody poorly, and you're sitting in a restaurant. What do you, man? I'm just zooming them people, just zip, 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 sending prayer, uh, shooting those arrows. Of you got to be good at short prayers, right? You're not always going to have time to plan it out, but you're trying to figure out how do I look. Uh, how about um, how about prayer apps? Now, next service, they might say, oh, "What are you talking about?" Um, no prayer apps. Uh, I, I gave you a list of a few of them. Um, Prayer Mate. Prayer Mate's probably my favorite of, of these, but I've looked at all these. But Prayer Mate, it allows you to have a list of prayers. So when you're wanting to pray about people, you can put it in your phone there, and that app helps you to keep up with the list of prayer. Echo is one. Prayer Notebook is more kind of a journal prayer. Um, praying God's Word, it actually gives you uh, scriptures that can help you to pray. Uh, prayer List is one. I didn't list uh, another one called Ceaseless. Uh, that one's just written by this, this, this young guy. Uh, and, and all of those are like Android and uh, Apple, I mean, um, iPhone and all that. So, uh, you know, there's some ideas there. Uh, the key is, here's the key. the key, as in most areas of your life, the key is intentionality. That I have an intention that I'm going to be a prayer person. I'm going to be a prayer warrior. I'm going to make a difference in my life and the life of other people. I'm going to be a part of what God is accomplishing because I'm intentionally focused on raising up my prayer muscle and who I am because I'm, I'm working it out. And all the, you, got, you got any ideas? Like just take one of those or something that the Spirit might be saying to you to enhance your prayer life. So now just a couple other things. Kind of just a little flow of maybe how to how to make your prayers more effective. One is, uh, start with gratitude and thanksgiving. I mean, it helps me so much not to start complaining or praying. And I don't know if, you know, when you hang around me, and I did it this morning, I try to do it all the time, I'm always thanking God first. Like when I get up in the morning, you know, you can decide if you're going to be grumpy if you're going to be all wrapped up in all the, you know, how tired you are, and, you know, or you can get up with thanksgiving. For a while, I had this little list uh, that I would keep on my, because I didn't want to forget. Um, I even one time did an A to Z about what I was thankful for. You know, you just start writing. Man, it's just awesome. You start writing. And if you start your day like that, you will be so much better off. It'll just create a desire uh, to pray and to be a person of gratitude. It'll make you healthier mentally and emotionally and physically. Uh, have gratitude in your heart. Thank God. Uh, you know, that, that A to Z, I had like D, you designed my life for a great plan and a purpose. E, you empower me with your spirit. F, you forgive me and forget my sins. You free me from shame and you fill my life with meaning. Man, that'll get you up in the morning right there. Thinking about the, what, and you know, doctors and psychologists tell us that it's been proven that your attitude that you have in the first eight minutes sets your day. I don't know how they figure all that stuff out, but you can grumble and grouse and groan and grunt, and, or you can be grateful. You can start your day with gratitude in prayer. Um, the, the scripture encourages us that Jesus said, your father knows what you need before you ask him. So we come in gratitude. Every good gift and every perfect 
present comes from the Father of light in heaven. So the first thing you do is you start your day with gratitude. I thank the Father for his consistent love, and I recall all his goodness to me. That's the blank there. All his goodness to me. Number two, start with gratitude. Secondly, I will bless and praise God's name. I will bless and praise God's name. What does it mean to bless something? It means to honor. It means to give respect. It means to give praise. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a theological word, but it's really talking about adoration that we have for God. We bless him. We praise him. We thank him. Um, Psalm 145, verse 2. Every day I will bless your name and praise it forever and ever. I love that. Every day. I will bless your name. Psalm 34, 11. I will bless the name of the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Giving God praise. Blessing his name. What's the big deal about God's name? Well, if, if you read through the Psalms, like we were talking about, over and over, 80-something times, bless the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Give thanks to the name of the Lord. Exalt the name of the Lord. What's the big deal about the name of the Lord? Well, his name reveals character. It reveals who he is. Uh, you know, our, our name, somebody says our name, you know, they might, say, they might say it in a very positive way or they might say it in a very negative way, uh, depending on how your character is attached uh, to that name. Notice I didn't use any examples, so that was good. Um, God's name is praised over and over again. Because it's an expression of his character. Now, we pick names because we like them, or they're cute, or they're trendy, or whatever. Um, but, but the Bible shows us that names revealed a character. So there's over a hundred names in the Hebrew and the Greek, names for God. I mean, so why would anybody need a hundred names? Because there's so much greatness to him. It reveals who he is. So I gave you a couple of examples. God says, I am Abba. I am Abba. Abba means your loving father. It was like saying Papa or Daddy, Abba. Um, God says, um, one I hadn't mentioned in a long time, is El Day. El Day. El Day means your God who knows everything. Um, you know me. You know what's best for me. Uh, so hearing that name, uh, his name is called Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha means the God who heals you. He offers us healing mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, as well as physically. El Shaddai, a name for God. It means I'm the almighty God. God's almighty with all the power that you need. Oh, there's a bunch of others. Jehovah Jireh, it means I am your provider. Uh, Jehovah Tixnu. Uh, I am your righteousness. You know, you don't have to earn your way to heaven. Uh, he says that he'll be your righteousness. So here's the point. The point is that all prayer is based on how much you know God. The power of your prayers are based on how much you know him. So the more you know God, the less you're going to worry. The more you know God, the more you're going to relax. The more you know God, the more confident you're going to be. The more you know God, the more you're going to know yourself. You know, people have a problem with identity. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what I'm supposed to be. Maybe we don't know God as well because when we know God, we begin to know ourselves better. The better you know your creator, the better you know yourself. So when we talk about knowing the names of God, it means um, 
knowing who God is. So I review God's name and I recognize who he is. Uh, that does, you know, he, he's not just saying I'm this or I'm that. Or, uh, you know, what he means is uh, verse 10 from Psalm 9. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never abandoned those who truly seek you. So we review God's name and we think about who he is, who he is in our life. And uh, he's a forgiver. He's a provider. Uh, What are we talking about today? We're talking about the practice of prayer. So the more I know him, the the greater my practice in prayer. Number three, uh, don't let the trivial dominate your prayers. Don't let the trivial dominate your prayers. What that means is I'm not getting all wrapped up in just the the things that are going on around me. I'm willing to pray about everything, but I really want to know what does God want me to pray about? What is he uh, giving me direction about? So I align myself with God's purpose and plan uh, for my life. I get aligned with him, his purpose, his plan for my life. I get aligned with God. You know, God uh, God has a purpose for the world. God has a purpose for us. History is moving towards some kind of climax. History is his story. You know, the Lion King says there's a circle of life. Well, it's not circle. It's linear. It had a beginning, and it's going to have an ending. Uh, And the ending is connected to Jesus Christ. So we take a deep breath, and we don't get all, all wound up just about the trivial stuff, but praying about the things that really matter. Jesus said, if you seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, all the other things will be given to you as well. So he said, don't just get wrapped up in the things going on around us. Recognize uh, that God wants you to pray in purpose and in the plans that he has. Number four, I tell God about my needs and the needs of others. My needs and the needs of others. Uh, God is interested. He says, I want you to be able to ask for anything in my name. You know, asking for my needs is petition, request, things that I'm asking of God. Praying for others is intercession, where we're trying to bridge the gap between the need and God. Praying about the things that are going on around us, as well as the prayers of our friends that need help. I mean, when you pray for somebody, that's like interceding for them. 1 Samuel 12, 23 says, I'd be sinning against the Lord if I failed to pray for you. You ever read that verse? I'd be sinning against the Lord if I failed to pray for you. That means, that's what it means to me, that if I didn't pray for you as your pastor, I'd be sinning. That's why I pray for you. I love you, but I also don't want to sin. I want to pray. I want to pray for God to meet your needs. Uh, Pray for those requests. You know, we pray for all the needs that are on those prayer lists, but, uh, you know, before we even get those out, I read and pray for all of them, the whole list. Uh, It's just so important that we pray for each other, Uh, praying for the others around. You've been sinning? Because you haven't been praying for your brothers, your sisters, your family. He says, pray for them. Jesus said, excuse me, First Peter said, uh, Jesus has the power of God by which he gives us everything we need to live and to serve God. We have these things because we know God. So we're starting with thankfulness, blessing and praising God's name. Don't let the trivial dominate your prayers. Tell God my needs and the needs of others. Number five. I asked God to help me make wise decisions. Now, I could have come up with 10 more on this list, but I just wanted to finish with this one. Uh, Wise decisions. Um, You know, we need God's help. We need his direction. The Bible says, 
If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So we ask God to help us make good decisions. I want you to meet my friend, Brad. Brad Barber. Uh, the Barbers are great friends of our church here, Steve and Jennifer, uh, his mom and dad, and Willis, and Marissa, and Jacob, and Brad. That's right. That's all of them, right? Okay. Uh, and Linda is over here. That's uh, Jennifer's mother, and Donna, her sister. So, so uh, I asked him uh, to tell, tell you a little story about how God helped him uh, to make some wise decisions. So I'm going to give you this microphone. There you go. This is Brad Barber. Alright, so uh, let's move back to uh, Peoria. Uh, my family lives in Peoria. Uh, let's move back here about uh, two and a half months ago. I am an attorney. I went to the University of Illinois for law school. Uh, God blessed me with an amazing job when I got out of uh, law school. It was a great place to learn as an attorney. Uh, I really enjoyed what I was doing. And uh, I never really thought about looking for another job. And about June last year, uh, one of my friends contacted me about a way that I really thought that's an amazing way that I could serve God as an attorney. And I was praying that God would reveal his plan to me, and uh, I really wanted the job. Selfishly, I wanted to move back to this area, back to Peoria, Bloomington, to be able to hear uh, my family. Most of my family lives in Peoria. And I uh, didn't get the job. So it was uh, kind of uh, heartbreak, heartbreaking for me, but you know, I had a great job, I had a great community, a lot of uh, uh, missions I was doing around there at the uh, law school and uh, disciples that worked there at the law students. Um, so I thought that's where God wants me to be. About the same time I didn't get that job, one of my friends uh, from the Bible study at the law school, uh, Lauren, had contacted me. And she said, hey, God's telling me to move on from my job. Uh, I just, I don't think it's the right fit for me. I think God wants me to be somewhere else. And if you want this job, I'll give a good recommendation for you. And I didn't even tell my parents about it for the first couple of days because eh, it would put me in court a lot, which I really like to be in court. But I, I, I didn't really know if I wanted the job. I knew I wanted to be back from Peoria, but I, you know, God had just shut the door for me to come back to Peoria. And I thought, well, that's what I'm not gonna do. So. But I thought, you know, God is, uh, I prayed about it, uh, and I saw that God was opening a door for me. So I put my application in, and I got an interview, and over the next month of August and September, didn't really hear anything, but I kept praying that God would let me know what he wanted me to do. And the beginning of October, they called and said that they gave me the job, so that's the job I'm currently at. And uh, that entire day, day and a half, I told pastors, like, I don't know if I even really did any work that day, so sorry to my old sperm, but I uh, kind of was praying most of the day, and uh, I know my parents were praying with me. Uh, I called my parents a lot when I was uh, living by myself in Champaign, but I know I just called them specifically just to pray during my dad's break at work or to pray to my mom uh, and my grandma just about what God wanted me to do. And... I, uh, the only thing I can remember now is that every moment I wasn't praying with God was a moment I was thinking about the regrets about if I took the decision or if I didn't take the decision. And I don't really like regretting things. Uh, I know that I'm fallen and I make mistakes um, and God helps me learn from them, but I, I don't like dwelling on them and regretting. Uh, so I would try to turn from those regrets to prayer of God. And uh, I woke up the next morning 
and I just had the best piece I could ever think of, and I just knew that that was God telling me that he wanted me back here in Peoria, so I took the job since the time, but God has blessed me amazingly. I knew that definitely that was what God's plan for me was. Uh, I started dating Lauren, so I've had a great uh, Christ-centered relationship. I've gotten closer with all my family, and uh, the real kicker is a month and a half, or maybe five weeks later, I got a message that my old firm dissolved. So uh, I would have been unemployed as of December 31st of last year. Uh, some of the lawyers stuck together, but I, I really feel like God was telling me that if I would have stayed there, uh, as much as I selfishly kind of wanted to stay there, um, uh, if, uh, if I had stayed there, I think I would have been unemployed right now and maybe be back in Peoria, but not because uh, of my choice. So it was uh, just God helped me. He gave me the wisdom of what to do, and it was just a great, um, a great time to get closer to God, and, and he was just blessing me immensely through that. Awesome. Awesome. Let's stay here just a second. Couple things. Um, he knows how young he is. That's really awesome. Uh, he's an attorney. Uh, talking about mission and making a difference. I love that. No, no disparaging. But uh, um, do you think that this this whole sequence made such a difference in how you view prayer and making decisions, how God leads your life? Yeah, definitely. Um, again, I always try to follow God's plan, but it's just, uh, like I said, the, and I think I've told this to people before, we have such an amazing God, and if there's any reason I, to any struggle in your life at all, is like you were saying earlier, why worry about something when you can pray about it? Mm -hmm. And I just, I try to thank God every day for every blessing he's given me with this opportunity and I just any worries I have about it, I just cast cast on him. Fantastic, thank you, Brad Barber. Thank you. All right, that's such a clear example of exactly how God wants to give uh, wisdom and direction to us. Uh, thinking about our prayer lives, uh, Corey Ten Boom said, "If you look at the world, you'll get distressed. If you look within yourself, you might be depressed." But if you look at Christ, you'll find yourself at rest. It depends on what you're looking at, who you're looking at. James 5.16 says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Powerful and effective. So when you have a heart for God, when you're trying to do God's will, and you're trying, just like Brad was describing, we recognize that God wants to give answers to our prayers and to help them to be powerful and effective. So let us come boldly to the throne of grace of our gracious God, there we will receive mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. So today, uh, what, what do you intend to do to strengthen your practice of prayer? Uh, ideas that are here, uh, ideas you might talk with your friends about, talk to them in a Sunday school class or think about how you can, how you can do that. Uh, recognizing uh, what God wants you to be and do. Um, there was this woman. Her name was, uh, she was from Boston. Her name was Mary Kidder. Mary Kidder um, was uh, married to a man that was involved in printing, and he was a young man. He got called into the Civil War, and he was in the Norman, uh, Northern Army, and he died uh, in the Civil War. After her husband died, Mary's 12-year-old son was drowned, 
and a daughter died, just one calamity after another. So Mary Ann Kidder decided that she would uh, start writing hymns. She wrote over 181 hymns that have touched hundreds and hundreds of people. Uh, one of them, uh, I'm not even sure I know the tune to this song, but I just think the lyrics are incredible. She wrote this song called, Did You Think to Pray? When you left your room this morning, did you think to pray? In the name of Christ our Savior, did you ask for loving favor as your shield today? When you met with great temptation, did you think to pray? By his dying love and merit, did you claim the Holy Spirit as your God and stay? When your heart was filled with anger, did you think to pray? Did you plead for grace, uh, my brother, that you might forgive another who had crossed your way? As your heart was filled with sorrow, did the love of Christ you borrow at the gates of Christ today? The chorus goes, Oh, how praying rests the weary. Prayer will change your night today. So when life seems dark and dreary, don't forget to pray. Prayer encourages us. Prayer guides us. Prayer reminds me that God is in control. I will intentionally grow because of my practice of prayer. I will intentionally grow in my practice of prayer. Would that be your prayer uh, today? That you would take intentionally beginning to grow as a man or a woman of prayer. Any of you could be a, a great prayer warrior. God has made it possible for all of us to be men and women of great prayer. Let's do it. Let's be that. How should we close? Uh, prayer. Would you bow with me? Our Father, you are great. We are thankful for you. Your name is above all names. Lord, as we talk about this today, help us not to just walk away and think about just another message or a service or get our mind on something else so quickly. In these final moments that we're sitting here, help us to confirm in our hearts what we intend to do, who we could be, what choices we could make to be a man or woman of prayer that you have created us to be, that you wired us to be. Be with us now, Lord. Help us to be men and women of prayer intentionally. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.